listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 230. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the guy who's better prepared for today's recording session than I am, apparently, <laughs> John Brownstone. You at least remembered to have your mic near your face. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know either. I don't know either, but we're You here. look good. The podcast listeners don't give a crap about that. <laughs> I do. I know. I want to make sure you like what you're looking at. Yeah. That, that makes you, me happy. You look very beautiful today. Thank you. That's your nice way of saying you look so pretty, even though you can't remember how to work a microphone. <laughs> Thank goodness you're pretty. <laughs> Hi, we really are getting into an episode uh, this week. We're back from our week off last week, and we're turning a YouTube trend into a podcast episode because that's what we do now, apparently. <laughs> uh, we asked our kinky followers on Instagram, at that handle I will forever fucking hate, assumptions they've had in the past or still have about BDSM, DS, kink, and we're going to share them and talk about them in today's episode. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced nearly every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram, as I mentioned before, that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, so that's LovingDS1. Yes, it sucks. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Technically, I can change it, but I can't have what I want, so it just has to be the handle I fucking hate. <laughs> or on YouTube at youtube.com slash lovingbdsm, where you can watch us live stream this episode every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. As always, a big thank you to all of our kinky patrons on mm-hmm. Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We thank you. Uh, if you would like to join us for more of whatever the fuck it is we do here, uh, you can do that through Patreon <laughs> at patreon.com slash Join for as little as $2 a month. Uh, and you get an extra podcast episode a month. You get um, a live stream Q&A thing that we do every month. You get sneak peeks. You get early notice of stuff. Uh, you're basically guaranteed to get a DM answered at this point because that is a much more manageable crowd. <laughs> yes. All of those things. It, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. It's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords or use the link in the show notes. Pro tip, we are an adult account on Patreon, so you cannot find us by searching <laughs> us. You have to use the direct link. Yes, isn't that fun? I, I just want to add something real quick to all this. Oh, gosh, you're messing up the flow. What the hell's yeah, happening? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> stepping out here. As of August 27th, 2020, we will be celebrating the fifth anniversary of the Loving BDSM podcast. Yeah, normally we make a big deal of that at the beginning of August, and 2020 is just the weirdest fucking year. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, are we going to just like bypass our fifth anniversary? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's coming. It's yeah, coming. It is. Five, five years of podcast. We should probably do something. I don't know what that'll be yeah. yet. But yeah, five years podcasting. Yeah, and yeah. y'all are still here. Thank you. And for those mm-hmm. of you who found us later, hi. Thank Welcome. you. For those of you who found us in like episode 200 and then went back and listened to the whole archive. Hello. Thank you. And also we're sorry. Um, I did get a really lovely message from somebody from one of our patrons who was like, I went back and listened to the beginning and it's so cool to see your growth. And I'm like, I bet it's really cool. To, I didn't say this. But I was like, I bet yeah. it's really cool to hear the difference in audio. 
<laughs> so yes, thank yep. you for for remembering because I am apparently mm-hmm. struggling with that today. Okay, so yes, uh, that's us. Thanks for following. Thanks for mm-hmm. listening, and we'll get into the episode. Okay, so before we get into this week's uh, episode, I do have a couple of announcements. One is um, about an upcoming class. We are not teaching it. It is a Kingster friend of mine and somebody that I work with in a lot of different ways. Chase, I'm gonna fuck up his last name. Trammell, Trammell, mm, mm. I always wanna make it fancy. I bet it's Trammell, but yeah. So Chase is a kink educator and a kinky person and he is teaching a needs-based communication class for Kingsters um, to help people express their needs, advocate for themselves, um, talk about how to dissolve conflict and negotiate what you want with a partner. Um, The links to the class and information on FetLife, so there's an Eventbrite link and then there is a FetLife link, uh, are in the description box if you're watching on YouTube. The links are in the show notes if you are uh, watching. No, you can't be watching a podcast, listening to the podcast. And the cost is very reasonable. I think it's, uh, he does it like on a sliding scale, anywhere from five to $10. Uh, It's a Zoom class uh, and it is on Tuesday, August 5th from 5.30 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. If you are struggling with communication, if you're like, "Mm, I could use some actual education and help, Chase is a great human in general, very clear in his delivery on how he talks about things, very passionate about communication. One of the ways we have bonded over time, because I don't know if you've noticed, I'm all about that communication. Um, And so I was so impressed um, with what I have seen of the class that I was like, of course I will tell the loving BDSM audience. So if anybody's interested, there you go. And then the next announcement is just a reminder that we do currently have a coupon code for hot octopus mm-hmm. if you are in the mood for a very specific sex toy for a very specific body part it's for the pulse duo lux the coupon code is k-a-l-o-15 uh, for 15 percent off that coupon code runs through august 24th again all information is either in the description box on youtube or in the show notes on uh, the podcast so um, yes that coupon code is only for a specific item no i don't have a coupon code for hot octopus in general right now I love the fact that people know to come to me to ask, but I'm always like, <laughs> I hate disappointing people. But there we go. That is it. So communication class with Chase. Links are in the places. Uh, coupon code if you're looking for a very specific sex toy for a very specific body part. Okay. So this uh, week's... Um, did I say the wrong date on the class? I think according to the live stream, I either said the wrong date or they heard the wrong date. So let me reiterate. The date for the class is August 25th, Tuesday, August 25th. Click the links, read the information, because please don't rely on me. I'm clearly not a reliable narrator of, and passer on of information. <laughs> Sorry, y'all, if I was... Uh confusing there for a second so okay so we are um mm-hmm. taking a youtube video trend that is uh, years and months old now and doing it here and we're doing it as both a podcast and a live stream because i knew if we ever did this video it would not be one of our 20 minute videos 
So why no. why even do that to ourselves? Just, yeah. just do it this way. Yeah. So we asked on Instagram because it was the easiest way to sort of house information and be able to go back to it. What assumptions people currently have that they personally have about BDSM, DS, or kink, or what they had in the past. And what I love is um, they y'all brought it. Y'all came came to like share your assumptions and I appreciate you. So I'm here holding my phone, going back through all of them and making sure hopefully that I don't miss anybody cause that would hurt my feelings. Okay, so let's start going through them. And what we'll do is I'll read them out anonymously. I will not give mm-hmm. away anybody's like, like handle or anything. Um, and then we will uh, either quickly or not so quickly chat about them. Okay, so the first one is assumption. Mm-hmm. Tell me if this sounds familiar. In order to be a dominant, you have to wear a three-piece suit. Did you ever have that one? Me, no, not really. So I'm not gonna lie. I find it very sexy to see, I have since learned people of any gender in a three-piece suit. I find them very sexy. But yeah, it's definitely a stereotype. Oh my gosh. So on Twitter, there is a lovely human being and dominant person named, uh, he goes by Master Venture, at Master Venture on Twitter. It's fucking hilarious. And he pokes fun at the stereotypes because there are a lot of people who call themselves, let's put air quote around the word dom here. And then all they do is play into every stereotype and they offer nothing real and nothing personal and nothing human about it. They're just parroting every trope and cliche you've ever heard, including being their picture being a headless uh, masculine person in a three-piece suit. And recently he screenshotted like a whole list of these air quote doms who had apparently followed him or he'd found on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them was, their avatar was a black and white picture of a headless guy in a three-piece suit and it was hilarious. So the way this works is if you love wearing three-piece suits, go for it. If they make you feel powerful, go for it. If you find them sexy, cool. (laughs) Definitely not a requirement. Mm -mm. It's not. You are just as dumb when you're in your PJ pants as you are when you're naked, as you are when you're wearing jeans, as you are when you're in a suit. Well, that's good to know. You are damn sexy. In a suit. Might I mean, be, you might be a little biased. I but. am partial to people. And I do mean that. I used to think it was men because I didn't know any better. And then I started seeing people of across the gender spectrum. They would put on a blazer or wear a tie. And I'm like, oh, that's just hot in general. <laughs> it's just hot in general. I'm here for it. Um, but uh, it is not the clothes that make the no, role. No. It is the attitude. It's the way of being. It's the way you it's see the, the world. Person. It's the person. It's everything but the clothes. The clothes can be fun, but yeah, they're not required. Okay, here's another assumption. Okay. And this one is, yeah, I'm, I feel this. I used to think I couldn't be a feminist and a switch that subs most of the time. I get a lot of questions from people either asking, oh my gosh, is my desire to be submissive as a woman uh, a problem with feminism? Am I am I doing feminism wrong? And then I also get people who are like, "What are your views on feminism and submission?" And the way I look at it is, if you are able to enthusiastically and in an informed manner consent to and choose it, and it is a true part of who you are that you are not coerced into, guilted mm-hmm. into, forced into, and it is a legit choice, it is a feminist act because the whole point of feminism is to create equal access and choice 
not just among women, among all communities um, and uh, identities. And so as long as you go into it with sort of that open heart of this is absolutely what I want, then you're no less feminist than somebody who's like, I, I recognize mm -hmm. it, I see it, and I choose not to do it. Um, I, you know, obvious to me, I say obviously, to me it is obvious that if somebody says, oh, all women uh, are submissive to men, well, fuck you and the horse you rode in, I'll know the fuck or not. Um, that is then not a feminist thing. But to know what my options are and to gleefully, willfully, happily choose this and to know this is what's right for me, and to have the freedom to do that, um, and to also not look down on other people for making a different choice, it's to me, it's as feminist as you get. Hmm. I mean, it, okay. it feels a little subversive, I get it, especially if you're bombarded with the messages of, oh, women should never bow down to a man, and you're over there going, but I love bowing down to my man. I like, I, <laughs> I get it, there's a conflict there. I think that we do need to examine the why of what we're doing and and make sure it's not a societal push on us, make sure it's not, this is how I was raised, so this is what I do, that we understand what our other options are and know we can choose anything and then choose that. Um, that's what makes it feminist to me. Do you have any thoughts? I, I think you covered it all very well. I'm feeling kind of, whoo, fired up. Okay, sorry, I'm, okay, here we go, next assumption. They, they said this was an assumption from a long time ago. Uh, only freaks do it. Uh, and they said, now I'm kinky. And while I get freaky, I'm certainly not a freak. And I would agree with that. I think I had that assumption in the early days, too. I, I think that's That only easy... weird people did it. But except I'm a happily weird person now. So, I mean, some of the best people are weird. Thank Just, you. Well. <laughs> I, I, I let my freak flag fly from a yes, you very young age so. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes you do yes you do and uh we like that about you i think <laughs> that um i think that's common though because it's so that that view of ooh, weird people freaky people you know are into kink i think that's a common misunderstanding because one of the way the few times bdsm gets portrayed anywhere yeah it's we're not exactly portrayed in the best light no and also for the majority of us, I think the first time we get to see something kinky is in a all dolled up in leather and harnesses and a leash and a collar and whips and chains. And we're, and we don't, our first view of kink is very rarely the reality of sitting Absolutely. around in your pajama pants on your couch in your house. <laughs> because <laughs> it, it, it's all done through porn or it's through mm -hmm. a, through a uh, very, uh, you know, I can't think of the word. Mm -hmm. a, a very defined photo shoot. Yes, know. a very specific story they're trying to tell with that imagery, yes. for sure. Yes. And yeah, if it goes against what you think of as, let's put air quotes around this word, normal, mm -hmm. then I, I, I think because of the way kink and BDSM are portrayed, that is that reaction makes sense. What I hope for people is that we, as in in general across all of humanity. Uh, become a little bit more comfortable with questioning. Like, just because that's what mainstream shows us, that's what society tells us. Like, mm. I would like us all to question a little bit more. Like, but wait, yeah. what? And also, I think that, I know that as I've gotten older, 
the things that I took for granted as quote fact, air quote around that word, <laughs> there's lots of air quotes, start drinking game. Um, <laughs> uh, the more, as I've gotten older, the more I've learned that things that I took accepted as fact because some entity told me that was a thing and then they've crumbled and fallen. The more I want to believe that I have learned that I need to question everything. I need to go find out for myself. The entity that told me the fact may be correct, but I need to know it to the best of my ability for myself. And I think that on the things that are extremely personal to us, sex, BDSM, pleasure, relationships, that is even more true. Because if we just accept what society tells us as fact, we miss out on so fucking much. Okay, next assumption. This will also be an episode where I get complaint comments about how I don't let you talk enough. Uh, (laughs) You think I don't know, I know. Uh, Okay, next assumption. That movies show BDSM and things like that to be super intense. And then, of course, they learned that, Mm -hmm. of course, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that's the other thing, that, yeah, you make the assumption that all kink in the early days until you actually play with it. Oh, yeah, that's that's something. It's portrayed as a, a very serious thing, very strict protocol you never break that protocol you know it's Mm -hmm. if 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 you don't have a serious mean ugly look on your face you're not doing it right and you know what no have fun with it have just some of our best scenes are when i'm laughing oh yeah god i mean not that that's that's not for everybody we get that but like i legit have Mm -hmm. a good time when we were just laughing do you notice we're sitting in the dark here? Yes, I know. Okay, it's just getting checking. darker out. Uh, sorry, we were using natural lighting mm-hmm. for the video portion. Okay, so this one, uh, I recognize it as a common assumption, and it makes me laugh, uh, that all doms are mean hard asses who cause lots of pain. Uh, my experience is only if you ask nicely. <laughs> no, of course, that is... that or is. Or you do something wrong. Or you're accused of doing something wrong, but you hadn't actually done anything wrong, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, can a dominant choose to be that way? Could that be their style? Of course that could be their style. Um, but God, the, the, the spectrum of what it can mean to be dominant or submissive yeah. is so wide. It's infinitesimal. Like however, however people can be, then that can be applied to dominance or submission. Sure. I mean, there are playful doms. There are what I've seen the term there, lately: soft doms. There, um, there are sensual doms. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. There are those that don't want to micromanage. There are those that do want to micromanage. And then the idea of pain, which is a very common assumption in BDSM, uh, of course, is not required. I think a lot of people fight with that one because they figure that, out that that is something that people fight with a lot. And I think that is a, that I, I'm going to jump in here with my own assumption. Um, you can be that if you're submissive, you have to be a masochist. You have to yeah. like pain. Sure. Um, if you're a dominant, you have to be a sadist. Yeah. No, you can be a dominant and be in a total power exchange without ever being a sadist. Oh, for sure. Okay. You can be submissive and not like pain. You can be a masochist and love the most intense pain and and dive into edge play and not have a submissive bone in your body. And let's be real here because we've had conversations with people. You could be a dom and you can be a masochist and you yeah. can be a sub and you can be a sadist. Like mm-hmm. there's no yeah. – we're going to get into this because I think this came up, but let me just – I'll okay. say it for like the 10th time that you'll hear this over the course of this entire episode. <laughs> there's no, no one right way. Okay, next assumption. 
And this is, I think, too, a common one. Okay. I used to think it was only limited to impact play. Uh, that is cor- that is a correct mm. assumption in the way I mean that is that's a common assumption, not a correct assumption. <laughs> um, and it's because I know we do this too. Our f- preferred way to play is impact, impact play. play. So yeah. we talk about it a lot. We bring it up a lot as examples just for us. Mm-hmm. But you know, when people start talking about getting kinky, one of the first things they always mention is spankings. Yeah, which is a common kink. A lot of people like that, even if they don't identify as kinky, they like spankings. Um, but so I can understand why people would from the outside be like, oh, all we're doing is beating on people. Okay. I mean, I'm here going, okay, I'm here for it. Uh, but other people see our previous comment. Don't necessarily want that. True. Did you kind of feel that way about it? And then were you grateful to find out you were into it or did you, did you come into kink with any assumptions about what the play aspect was? Um, not really. Spankings was kind of a gateway kink for I me. I think spankings is a gateway kink for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's to learn that you don't really like it, but you like other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next assumption. I should have turned off my screensaver on my phone. See? I know. Ah, here's a good one. Uh, mm. That we had to have a collar and be super strict to consider ourselves a DS couple. No. Yes, I have heard that assumption a lot. I, I get mean, a, that that yeah. that is thought. I, to me, that's that's kind of an assumption I fell into in the beginning. For sure, but, um, a lot of that was because the the local community I entered into at the time was primarily high protocol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I was introduced to. That's what I saw. So. To me, it was like, oh, this is what it's all about. But as time went on and I branched out in the community and, and investigated other communities, and like, oh, wow, no, there's a huge spectrum here from, you know, yeah, high protocol where everything is, is very defined and, and, and proper down to, you know. Whatever the what, fuck we're whatever. doing. Yeah. <laughs> what we're actually doing. Yeah. And I, I think... Part of that is the the way popular media, mass media, like, fucks us over. Because if <laughs> the first time you're ever introduced to kink is through that kind of imagery, then you assume that's mm-hmm. what it is. Of course that's what you assume it is because you haven't seen that it can be other things. It's why stereotypes and cliches for every part of life get taken as fact because if that's all we ever see then we assume that's the truth Mm -hmm. um and i over the years have talked to enough people who you could just feel the relief in their either voice or message depending on the conversation when they finally realized that this one narrow view of power exchange that they assumed was the way it was was didn't have to be like to just figure yourself out and what works for you in kink is it's freeing because it Mm -hmm. kind of, once you realize that there's no single right way to do any of this, then that means you can do anything you fucking want. And all it has to do is be meaningful to you and and your partner. So, but yeah, I, I understand where those assumptions come from, even if I wish we did not have them. Uh, yes. And I, uh, feel this next assumption very much. Oh, look light. Uh, that we had to do something kinky every day or every other day to be considered 24 seven. I have, tell me how you feel about this. I've had my moments where I was like, are we really 24 seven? Cause mm, I'm, I'm not feeling the kinks Yeah, so much. I, I kind of uh, have that had, have had that thought cross my mind. Mm-hmm. And 
over time, I've come to look at it. I mean, especially with, with things as they are right now, where, you know, we have constant household of people and we don't always get to do the things that we do mm-hmm. when we want to. It's, it's not the act, it's not the scene mm-hmm. that makes us 24-7. Mm-hmm. It's the rituals and protocols that we have woven into our day-to-day lives. And how we see each other. Yeah. If you are always daddy to me, and, you, and in my mind, you are always in charge, mm-hmm. regardless of what we're doing, then we are always on, even if we don't necessarily feel like we're on. Right. Uh, we had a very heated discussion yesterday i love pandemic life um (laughs) and one of the things i in my best baby girl way put my foot down about was the to never for once think that i'm not making decisions for multiple people in this household without contemplating how does this make your life better as the one in charge as the one in charge of that thing as the one in charge like i'm at this point Part of it's my personal internal wiring, and part of it is this is just how we are in our relationship. So even when I'm like trying to make purely selfish decisions, because there's nothing wrong with that for the most part, I still am stopping to think, okay, how does this help? How does this benefit? How can I make this this thing? How does this make John Brownstone's life easier? Like that's just that's an inherent part of who I am. Now, not every submissive feels that way or moves through relationships that that way, and that's okay. But for me, that's how I know we're 24-7. Mm-hmm. If everything I'm doing or nearly everything I'm doing is with what you might want or need or will work for you or what you will approve of in my head, then I'm never turning it off at that point. Yeah. So uh, next assumption uh, that it's all dark and scary things. It's not. I mean, it's the dark side, but we have cookies, so... I'll bring the milk. Okay, we're good. (laughs) I mean, I would like to think that we try to be a a semi-public example. I say semi-public because we're not like big entities, Mm. but we're a public example of no. Um, I like, sometimes I like dark and scary things, but mostly I don't. That's true. That's not your... I mostly don't like dark and scary things. That's not your shtick. No. no, I got way too much fucking anxiety for all that dark and scary shit. Um, And again, it goes back to that same thing of if that's all we ever see, if that's all the little bit Mm -hmm. of kink-related stuff we get from uh, media and society, then of course that's what we think. And And you know what? I'll say this. As sexy as I find some of those black and white images from the old days of tumblr mm-hmm. um and then mm-hmm. there were some really sexy ones i think that might contribute to it too if everything you see oh, is yeah. in really low lighting and really shadowed then i wonder you know what that does on a subconscious level to your brain of oh this is this is deep and dark and mm-hmm. maybe not scary but well yeah. you know a lot of those pictures you know especially some of the more extreme ones and even the little video clips they used to show you know it was like in a in a basement or in a in an abandoned barn. Oh God! Everybody and, had dirty feet. Yeah, and, and Lots very of sweat. very subdued lighting. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I think if anything, as much as I love the internet and social media for connecting us and mm-hmm. giving us access to learn about those things, sure. one of the things that I personally am more disliking more and more about all of that is that a lot of people are presenting just one teeny tiny 
sliver of what kink can be as this is it. And so then people see it and they go, but I don't like that. So there's that, I'm not Mm -hmm. into it. And and there's a lot of overgeneralizations, I guess is what I mean. It may make for a great scene in the moment. Or in a fantasy. Or, yeah, but it's not the norm. No, and it's not the only way and it's not the, it's not the, necessarily for everybody, it's not the best way. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, some of it was, in that sense, if you find that you, when you go online and you're looking at kink stuff, you're only seeing the same things, at that point it's time to kind of call the list of who you're following and and branch out and look for other people to follow. Um, I have gotten to a point, as as much as I have zero problems with porn and certainly zero problems with kink porn (laughs) in general, um, I've had to mute a lot of accounts because I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to see all this in my timeline. I don't unfollow them. They're not doing anything wrong. I just mute them. I'm like, I, mm, no, I'm I'm not interested in, that's not, when I'm, right now, personally, when I'm thinking about BDSM or kink, that's not what I'm envisioning. So I don't want that in my face because the more we see something, the more, quote, normal that becomes, which is a good yeah. thing, but also sometimes detrimental. And... Feeds a lot of assumptions. Okay. Uh, We've already kind of discussed it, but I will make sure to mention that all subs like pain. We went over that. Mm -hmm. We know that's not true. Right. Because masochism is separate from submission. Now, Mm -hmm. I, speaking from my personal experience, there are times I will tolerate pain as a submissive act. Mm. But tolerating Mm -hmm. it, enduring it, seeing how long, how much I can handle to submit for me is a very different proposition from my masochist self that's gleefully like, hit me harder, daddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so yeah. And even I, I, that was another thing, and this is a little bit off that particular assumption of all subs like pain. There is also sometimes the assumption that, oh, uh, if you say you're a masochist, you must like all forms of pain. And I've gone through my own sort of identity crisis, self-questioning of, I only like very specific pain under very specific circumstances. Can I still call myself a masochist? And I finally came up with, yeah, the fuck I can. So yeah, the fuck I will. So, okay. Here's a good one. That being a sub meant that the dom would make all decisions for me, even when I go to the bathroom. You would have run screaming into the dark night years ago if that's how we did it. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Now, are there relationships like that? Sure. Absolutely. Is that the norm for I, most DS relationships? So. I, I really don't think so. No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Um, most people, submissives included, don't want to be micromanaged to that level. I think realistically for the majority, again, there are always mm-hmm. people who manage it, but for the sure. majority of us, Real life, living your fucking life outside of your relationship doesn't allow for that a lot of times. Now, does that mean you can't, that you can't or shouldn't negotiate certain parameters where you ask permission or a dom oversees stuff? No, of course you can. We've done that before. We've done that many times before. But what I have noticed for us that happens is that works for a while and then life shifts again and then it doesn't work. And so we do something different. Um, So if that's what you, so and then the other thing is, so some people see that and go, that's what I want. And then they try to live with it for about five minutes. They go, that is not what I want. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's some, okay. And, and that's, that's what okay. it is. Sometimes it's a matter of trying it and saying, oh, it's not what I thought it really was. 
And then the other thing that I've noticed is people go all in, and so every decision, everything has to be decided by the dom, and mm. one or both partners go, eventually get to a point of, oh, fuck no. And what some people will decide is that none of it works for them, but a lot of people feel sort of upset because they're like, oh, this doesn't work, so I can never do this. Well, no, you just need to back it off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe half as much, maybe a third as much. You know, it's not that you throw the whole idea out because it doesn't work. Sometimes it's just that you tweak it and you find the balance for what works for you. And again, what works for you? We've got to stop comparing ourselves to other power exchanges out there you, you because could, you have to do what's right for you and what you feel comfortable and what, and what makes you happy mm-hmm. exactly and and to not be afraid of saying that makes me happy and as mm-hmm. long as i've got a willing partner that's consenting to being the other mm-hmm. half of this then i'm gonna do what the fuck makes me happy I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying something oh yeah for the sake of trying it to see if you like it i think all sex things in general but we're here for the bdsm talk yeah are, it's all a grand experiment. There's always sure. something new to try. There's always something new to explore. And you tr- you try something that interests you. And if you don't like it, you didn't fail. It's just not for you. Right. And then you move on to the next thing. Because believe me, there are an unlimited number of things to try in BDSM. <laughs> there just are. Um, okay. So the next one is that, and we've sort of touched on this, that there's a true way to do everything and you have to do it that way or else yeah i am not <laughs> here for the one true way bullshit okay <laughs> you mean the my way or the highway kind of thing uh or oh this is how it's done and if you don't do it this way you're wrong you see a lot of that on fucking social media you mm. see a, i see a lot of it on twitter because it's where i spend a lot of my time um i've been hearing some things about some not all but some uh, people on TikTok that are kind of having that attitude. It is all ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, that goes back to stereotypes. That goes back to the, just because it works for you and it's great for you and it's perfect for you does not mean that that translates to everybody, nor does it, I think this is where people get all like twitchy about this stuff. Somebody else doing something drastically different from what you do does not negate the thing you're doing True. right me loving the carnivore diet i'm gonna go outside of the kink here me loving the carnivore diet does not negate the fact that you want to eat only plants okay i'm gonna do my thing over here and you're gonna do your thing over there and they both get to mm-hmm. be valid so me loving spankings and saying happily and gleefully, I want my ass beat, thank you very much, (laughs) does not mean that you not liking that means you are a bad person, that you are doing something Mm -hmm. wrong. I think a lot of people take it that way. And I think that some of it, I'm not gonna try and diagnose anything because I'm not qualified. I think some of it is an insecurity. It's uh, we're not so sure about what we're doing. We're not comfortable in it yet. We haven't found our groove with it yet. And so when somebody else says that they are diametrically opposed to the thing that we're doing, we take it personally. And then you get the people who stand up and go, this is the way it's done because it's the way I do it. And that's the only way to do it. And that just compounds the problem. And I don't have any fucking patience for it. Mm-hmm. I don't have any time for it either. Like I'm, I don't fight that online. I just go fucking hell. Okay, move on, move on, move on. Uh, and I'll just be out here like annoying the fuck out of the one true wayers by talking about how it's a spectrum and you can do it any fucking way you want as long as you got consent. Uh, I feel like that's the best uh, revenge I can get. 
There you go. Just do the warfare thing that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, this is what a good else? one. That you can only submit in a certain way and that that will completely change you, that your submission will completely change you. So obviously we've already been up on the spectrum, no one true way. Of course mm-hmm, you can submit any way mm-hmm. you want. The thing I would say about the changing you thing, I think that's like everything else. It's highly personal. What I have found to be true for myself okay. is that in my very personal, it's just a one person experience here, mm-hmm. um, it has allowed me to embrace who I really am and in many ways who I've always been, but different things in life, society, culture, parents, whatever, upbringing people around me, in different ways without realizing what they were doing made me feel bad about it, made me think that there was something wrong with me. It's why when I talk about, I don't talk about my entry into kink and like I had any shame I had to overcome. I was like, holy fucking shit, I make sense now. Mm. This feels good. So the longer uh, we've been in our relationship, the longer I've explored who I am and what this means to be submissive or kinky or whatever, the more I feel like I've gotten more in touch with who I really am. And in my experience, that's been parts of me that I recognized as being there, but I kept trying to push away and push down and act like they didn't exist. I think that if other people have that same feeling of I'm discovering more of who I really am, I think they can also go in the other way of discovering parts about themselves that they didn't realize were there, that they had never been actively aware of. And it can feel like change. Mm. And it can feel like I'm a completely different person. I just think it's, if this is right for you, and if, and depending on how you view an act of submission or dominance, um, I, I think it can, for some people, <laughs> Put you more in touch with who you actually are. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I'm going to be a little bit of the devil's advocate here. I I think to a certain extent, done right, it can change you. Not in the way that you know you you think it's going to be like a, a, a wand is waved and just a whole different you, person. you're you're mechanic, magically a whole different person, but. You know, I, I agree with what you're saying about the, you know, finding yourself. It's the same way for dominance. You you come into your own, you're like, oh, this is what it's been all along. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the other side to that, where change is possible, as a submissive, if you are with a dominant who in a healthy way pushes your boundaries, challenges your your um, um, boundaries, and helps you grow, not just in a, a kink aspect, mm-hmm. but in a personal aspect as well, then yes, gradual change can occur. And see, and I think the key word you said there is growth. Growth is not a wholesale cloth change. True. I'm still who I was. I'm Mm -hmm. just a better version. Now, growth can feel like a huge change, especially if you're finally in a happy, healthy place in your life and maybe you've never been there before or you're achieving goals through the help of your power exchange that you've never achieved Mm -hmm. before. It can absolutely feel like change. And if you want to say that you have changed, I'm not going to tell you you can't use that language. I just view it, the key word there is growth. growth Okay. Mm -hmm. Because 
if and and sometimes choice of words makes a semantics. Ma- it's, yeah, it's all semantics. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is my personal view is that that's who you always were. That this is who I've always been. I just didn't have the tools or the capacity or the will or the the push or the incentive or the whatever to get there. And mm-hmm. sometimes we t- we convince ourselves mm-hmm. we just can't when it's not that we're incapable. It's that there are other things standing in our way. Um, and if kink helps you get to those places in the ways you want to move through the world, then I think you were always that person. Yeah. You just didn't necessarily feel it or see it yet. Um, I think at the same time, power exchange relationships can also um, help you reduce unhealthy habits and unhealthy things about yourself. And that is also a form of growth. Mm-hmm. It's a shrinking of the negative that maybe you're not always so proud of or that are not always helpful and conducive to your life otherwise. So maybe those things need to be let go. Again, I think it's still the way I would view it for me. You describe it for yourself however you'd like. Uh, it's I was always this person. I just needed help getting there. You were the bud and you just needed to blossom. Mm-hmm. Or I yeah. was the caterpillar who wouldn't stop eating and then I made a chrysalis and now I'm a butterfly. It looks <laughs> that, like yeah. change. And in some ways, you know, I'm sure scientists will tell me how it's exactly changed, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go with growth. Okay. Semantics. Right. Uh, here is a good one um, that everyone was an extroverted exhibitionist. As an introverted exhibitionist, I do understand this assumption. Yeah. Because think about it. Most of what our first views if it's not in um a reading and we're not reading the about bdsm we're watching it through mm-hmm. porn or through whatever people are walking around either naked or like in some get-ups y'all and yeah. it is very easy to believe until you know better that everybody has to do that how many times and we've had these conversations before how many of us thought that when you went to a munch, you were supposed to put your leather on and you're supposed to be like outwardly kinky. And then how many of us are surprised when now everybody's in their jeans and their t-shirts and mm-hmm. their sweatpants and, you know, I mean, yeah, the way it gets portrayed in many venues is that everybody's like, woo, I'm here and I'm gonna show it all off. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's not true, yeah. but I do get that assumption for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you have an assumption similar to that back oh, in the day? You're a voyeur. You want everybody else to be an exhibitionist. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I, yeah. I thought they might, and I was here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm all over here like, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy to be an exhibitionist, but under very specific parameters and very specific yeah. ways. And also, I don't want to talk to you while I'm, I'm mm-hmm. exhibitioning. I just mm-hmm. want to put my shit out there. Um, oh, this is a good one. A good ass- a good one as in an interesting assumption uh, <laughs> that you need to have a certain physical appearance to fit the role, whether Dom or Sav. Um, so you had well, to look a certain way. That's, that's something that's brought across from the porn industry yes. and, and, you know, well, you know, walking into Tumblr and, and seeing all the still images that exist there because it's all the um, air quote, beautiful people oh yeah and and yeah the beautiful people by society standards and so yeah 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 i mean i see on twitter a lot i see people who are like can we get more pictures of um rope bottoms you know bound and suspended who are fat who are disabled who are not certain body types please and thank you Mm -hmm. um and i'm definitely here for it i've seen some beautiful images that weren't oh yeah 
stereotypically attractive people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I get that. I mean, you and I went through our own similar thing of I was feeling all kinds of ways about being uh, the sub and the baby girl and being an inch taller than you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's not even about body shape or weight. That's just that about real, height. I fixed you, that real quick, didn't I? You did. You taught did. you a thing or two about that. But even, even when it comes down to body image, I mean, I, I love your curves. Okay. Yes, I'm glad I, somebody I have, does. I, I have always loved your curves. And first time I took you to a dungeon, you were very self-conscious at mm-hmm. first before walking in there. Mm-hmm. Until you walked in there. I saw all and, kinds. And you saw the broadest range of body types. And that was the coolest thing. So I don't think people have to bear their body if they don't want to in order to make other people sort of feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But if you are the type of person who is like, I'm at the dungeon when when it's safe to go to them again, y'all. I'm at the dungeon. I'm just, I'm going to get fucking naked and I don't care. That is more powerful than you realize because the reason that I can just whip off my dress and just be there in my thong uh, is because I saw other people whose bodies were similar to mine. I saw people whose bodies were radically different, but not what I was used to seeing like on a, in porn or on a magazine mm-hmm, cover or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave me the freedom and told me, oh, this is okay. I can do this because I saw somebody else do it. So we're not all required to do that. But if you are comfortable, yeah. you are doing that in those kink public places. You are doing more than you realize. You are helping more people than you realize. So, but yeah, and I think that that goes that goes back to all of the stereotypes we have about this, that yeah, your body doesn't have to be a certain way. You don't have to be a certain gender. You don't have no. to be a certain height. You don't have to have, you know, it's for everybody. All that you have to have is a, if you're gonna be in a relationship, is a consenting partner. Like that, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, next assumption. Uh, this one I've heard before. I did not have this assumption, but I have heard this many times. And that is, if you get into the lifestyle, it automatically means you have an open relationship. No. Which, right. Nope. No. Nope. I kind of understand a little bit where this comes from because I actually know a lot of people who are kinky and are highly monogamous. They're not interested in opening up their relationship. And that's cool. That's totally cool. What I think is that I have seen from the view I have of the lifestyle and the community online is that more people who are into kink and uh, open relationships talk about that. They talk about that in terms of exploring to find partners who want to play in ways that maybe their a, a current partner does not. Um, and I think that it makes sense for some people to go to find kink and then find polyamory or ethical non-monogamy because you're already exploring one thing that certain parts of the world would say are deviant and awful and you shouldn't be doing so what the fuck's there to stop you from trying something else Mm -hmm. exploring pleasures breaking you know breaking um assumptions about what it means to love and to have relationships and to have sex and all that stuff but i think it's just a matter of that's who we're people who are who have platforms and are talking about it i think that that again that's where these assumptions come from if that's what you see all the time, then you kind of think that that's the norm. And of course it's, it doesn't have to be. 
goes back to no one true way, do it the way that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have I have had conversations with people who are very intimidated because they're like, I don't want to have an open relationship. I'm like, you don't have to. You don't have to. I mean, I know people who uh, they were had been kinky like most of their adult life, 20, 30, 40 years before they ever entered the kink lifestyle community because they just were like, this is just a thing I do in my bedroom. Like, I think the majority of kinky people are just doing things in their bedrooms. They're not talking about it openly. So we're not seeing the array of humanity and yeah. how, how it does its true, kink. True, true. We're only getting very narrow examples. Mm-hmm. Okay. <gasps> da, 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 da. Oh, this is a good one. And I'll say this is an assumption I have about other parts of life. I think this is a very common assumption <laughs> about life in general, not just kink, that everybody else knows what they're doing. <laughs> I think we call this uh, kinky imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sometimes feel like I might have a good grip on what we are doing in our relationship. And beyond that, that's only a sometimes. I feel like yeah. I'm just making it up as we go along. Yeah. I don't ever feel like I know. <laughs> I mean, this that could be the pandemic talking, though. Well, there is that. Um, I was... Um, I, I find that there are a good number of kinksters who have a preconception that they know everything. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, I don't know everything. I don't want to be near a person who tries to, uh, for anything, yeah. kink or otherwise, who does the, I, I, mm-hmm. I got this, I know everything. Like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I, I am always learning. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's kink or, or otherwise, even, you know, she, she got, I, I signed up for a couple workshops way back before. <laughs> there was a pandemic. There was a pandemic. And she was like, these are one-on-one sessions. Why are you signing up for one-on-one sessions? You do this stuff. It's like, yeah, I do, but you never know what you might pick up. True. And and I have found that even even when it comes to my woodworking, a lot of things at times I will look at different instructions, one-on-one stuff because, oh, look at that little technique they're doing. Mm-hmm. It makes things that much simpler. So there, there's always something to learn. There's always something you can find that you can incorporate. So, you know, it's it's an ongoing learning process. Mm-hmm. And it should be. I, a lot of people roll their eyes on the cliche of the journey. Yeah. Pick another word. But mm-hmm. essentially, it's all... My new word has been process. It's all a process. We're all... The things I thought I knew about myself five years ago, I'm like, yeah. that was true five years ago, but I'm not sure that's true today. I mean, we learn the the entire um, experience of life is about learning more things. Quite frankly, if you're not and you're standing still, then hmm, you're probably not having a good old time. And BDSM is no different. So you learn about things you didn't know existed. You learn 
new ways to try old things. You learned that you liked this five years ago, but it's not really working for you now. You learned that you like this technique over that technique. It's, it's a constant, it's a constant. Mm -hmm. And I think that life ebbs and flows. So we go through cycles where we're not making a lot of forward movement. We're just holding in stasis for a while. We're doing what we know. And I know in our experience, we tend to have a little bit of a few steps forward kind of, you know, change up and learn something new. When we find, we feel like we're stuck in that place. We're like, God, I'm kind of bored. Are you kind of bored? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of bored. And then let's step it up a little bit. We do something new. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, that from my perspective, that just feels like life to me. Uh, In other aspects of my life, I've, been that way like Mm -hmm. i can sit in the cycle of not really doing a lot and not really um learning and growing for a while and then i get to a point where i'm like "Mm, this i'm i don't like how this feels something's got to change and that's when growth happens that's when i learn something new that's when i you know try something new um yeah yeah and i do think Mm -hmm. kinky imposter syndrome is probably a, a more common thing than i don't think if people are talking about it i have not read or heard or watched that content but i think that that makes sense um especially if you feel like you're still new um and you go to spaces where you feel like you're surrounded by people who have got a lot more experience than you it's absolutely easy to think oh these people all understand this way better than i do the thing that i would say that i think is mostly true is that the only thing anybody else knows is what's true for them. Kink educators might be the exception to that because they usually have a broader perspective because they're teaching certain topics. But when you're talking to a fellow kinkster at a munch and you're like, oh my God, they know so much more than me. Mm -mm. They know what they need to know for them. You know, they might know some techniques you don't know. They might have some ideas and thoughts that, yes, that's very true. But it's not like you're sitting there talking to the world leading expert on something. And even if you are, they should still be able to tell you, I've still got plenty to learn. I'm always learning. Like, be wary of a person who acts like they have nothing else to learn Mm -hmm. about a thing that that they say they care about. Like, just a little side eye might be might be called for there. Cause I'm gonna give them side. I'm gonna be like, really? <laughs> I barely know me. I barely completely know everything about myself. I really don't. So why am I gonna act like I know everything about this one thing that I just realized was an actual legit thing in my mid thirties? Like what? <laughs> what? The hubris, the arrogance. <laughs> okay. And this is the last assumption we got in Instagram. Um, and this one, oh, this is really common. Uh, I thought, um, they said, when I was new, I bought into the assumption that as a sub, I could never say no. They did clar- qualify, I know better now. I'm glad yeah. you do, because I would have immediately responded with, you can totally say no. <clears throat> you absolutely can <laughs> say no. Now, the, where it gets sticky for some people is it depends on the nature of your relationship. So if you are comfortable and happy with a type of power exchange where for the most part, your dom says do this thing and you do it. Saying no will look different and feel different than if you have not negotiated a power exchange yet. Now, when you have not negotiated a power exchange at all, you're just meeting somebody, you're just feeling somebody out, you're just getting to know somebody. No is your, is a great word. No, I'm not doing that. Mm. No. Um, in our style of DS, we are very casual. 
if I want to say no to something that is previously negotiated, I don't say outright no because we've previously negotiated it. I will bring it up as a, I'm having a hard time with this and I don't want to do this. And can we talk about it? Right. Because if we've previously negotiated something that I now want to say no to, then that is time for a conversation. There's something going on. We need to work on this. If, however, and this just happened quite recently, something gets brought up that we've never discussed before. Oh, best believe I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say hell no. I won't say fuck no. That's a little rude. Um, yeah. That's a little. That would get you in a lot of trouble. Right. So even in, in our relationship, I could say there should always be a way in a negotiated power exchange for the word yeah. no. You might not call it no. You might have a process that you follow. Um, when we're talking about kinks and getting kinky, no is always a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. And there are, if you use them, then you have safe words. Like I get that, but there's should always be a process for that. Um, it is not topping from the bottom to say, no, I'm not comfortable doing that. No, I don't want to do that. No, that's outside my bounds. No, no, we did not agree to that. So no, that's not topping from the bottom. Um, if a dominant partner cannot handle the word no, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not quite sure no. they should be a dominant. I mean, there, there are always going to be boundaries mm -hmm. that for whatever reason for and it differs person to person there are going to be boundaries that do not should not be crossed mm -hmm. there will always be concrete hard limits yes all right so yeah no is 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 definitely going to be there mm -hmm. and in the early days especially anytime you're talking about what you want, what you need, what you're willing mm -hmm. to do, what you won't do. It, you're all, both sides of the slash are always free to go, no, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but it's also, it gets forgotten in the early days of relationships, especially from submissives who are like, but if I don't give this person everything they claim to want, they won't want me and no dominant will ever want me. That is categorically untrue. Um, and if you are a dominant who's negotiating with a submissive and they seem to be saying yes to everything you say, Everything I would ask you to pause, pull back a little <laughs> bit and go, are you sure? Like investigate that a little bit. Make sure you're not dealing with somebody who's gonna, who thinks they're required to say yes to everything. I mean, one of the yeah. discussions that you and I had a lot early on, you would say things along the lines of, you will not make me mad if there's something you don't wanna do. It is okay if you're not, interested in some of these things or don't want to try these things. I don't mind if you need to say, we did that with safe words. Mm -hmm. it's, please use your safe word. Please right. say stop when we need to stop. Please tell I, me I have, things I are have less much. respect for somebody who will not use their safe word. Right, because it makes you both unsafe right. at that point. It puts you both mm -hmm. in a very uh, potentially dangerous situation yeah. to not use it. But right. I understand why submissives don't want to or think that they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And it breaks my heart when I hear that because I think that, you know, sometimes, sometimes I can have a conversation with somebody where I can say to them, wait, would you say yes to everything in a vanilla context? And, and usually they'll kind of go, well, no. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to say yes to everything in a right. kink context. We have not fundamentally changed what it means to be a functioning, healthy, consenting human by adding kink to it. Quite frankly, we've enhanced that. We've heightened those things. So you 
have the freedom of choice. You have the freedom to go, mm, no, I'm not doing that. No, thank you. Um, does it become trickier once you're in an established relationship? A little bit because you're navigating that specific power exchange. And quite frankly, if you have not yet figured out in your current power exchange relationship, how to handle when, especially from a submissive perspective, you need to say no, or I don't want to do that. Like the moment mm -hmm. you get a chance, work that out. What is that? What does that look like for you? Because those moments are going to come up and yeah. you need to be able to deal with them. You need to feel like you can speak freely while still honoring the power exchange that you've negotiated so that everybody is, is part of this and is hearing each other and you keep the, the, conversation and the dialogue open between the two of you because if what happens is you bury it and bury it and you go i don't want this and i hate this but i'm not going to say anything all that happens is resentment builds and eventually you explode you explode in a way that ends a relationship that breaks trust that seems out of character like there's all these different ways that it can happen and the partner who had never been told that you did not like this want this whatever whatever was the place you should have said no they're left going, what the fuck is going on here? And now everybody's upset and nobody actually understands why and where it came from. And that's that's why the moment you have a th that feeling of, mm, this is a no, even if I don't understand why this is a no, I no, have a way to, to figure that out sooner rather than later before it becomes a big blow up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had moments of small levels because we talked about them and dealt with them where resentment was building. And quite frankly, I was resentful of you being able to do a thing, not because you were doing something you shouldn't have been doing, but because I had somehow convinced myself I should not be doing that thing. And it was really more of a problem with me than it ever was with you, but I was taking it out on you because I didn't feel comfortable talking about it. Now try to keep up with those <laughs> mental gymnastics. So that, uh, yeah. 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 So those are the assumptions we received. Mm -hmm. um, I saw you in the live stream chat. Did, was there? Yes, there was one that, that came through in the live stream. Okay. Um, it, Did you put it, it anywhere? No. No. I you memorized it? In, I it? put it in memory. You put it in your memory. Okay. Yeah. And, and basically it was that in punishment, you're not allowed to use a safe word. Mm. And and I, I call bull caca. <laughs> Um, safe word is a safe word is a safe word and it's to be used when it needs to be used. Um, just like in punishment, just like in a scene, uh, punishment can sometimes be pushed a little too far. So, yes. you know, a, a safe word is just as important to be used and, and respected during punishment as, as it is at any other time. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is if something happens... So whether we're talking about safe words or just that feeling of resistance of, I don't want to do this anymore. And this is true on either side of the slash L. Mm -hmm. When you feel that in a moment that was previously negotiated and you thought you were okay with, or maybe you had been okay with until a day before yeah. that moment, whatever, that moment might not be the time for the conversation, but there very shortly thereafter that moment, there needs to be a conversation about what is going on. Yeah. Because it might be that, um, the so here's what i'll say i've never liked punishment as part of our ds relationship <laughs> i i have consented to it but am i gonna tell you i'm happy about it fuck no i'm not happy about it i'm pissed off about it of course the fuck i am but 
when punishment was dealt out, I always understood why, and even if I did not like the fact that there was, quote, punishment, I understood it and agreed with it. Mm-hmm. In our yeah. heated conversation yesterday, that came up. And I pushed back. I pushed back against it because in that moment, in that situation we were in, I could not agree with it because I didn't think it was fair and fairly done and right to do. And in that moment, I uh, somebody's eyebrows went all the way up to their hairline. Um, I did push back. And I don't normally do that. I might whine and cajole and like, no, I don't want to stand in the corner. Blah, blah, blah. But I go and I do it because this these are the rules I'm happy to live under. This is... Mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid ever having this again in the future, but okay, fine. I did the thing. I acknowledge I did the thing. I feel like this is a fair application of the power dynamic. Okay, fine. But if I'm like we were yesterday, we're in the middle of a very heated moment and that got bandied about and I went, nope, (laughs) nope, we're not doing that because it didn't fit the parameters of where I will allow myself as a fully grown ass woman to be punished by a partner in a power exchange. Like we all, I think, have that limit and that level and that moment where we can go, I was okay with it under these circumstances and I'm not okay with it under these circumstances. (laughs) And that's okay too. So sometimes it's a safe word, sometimes it's a "Mm -mm, I'm not. Mm -hmm. But the thing about that is when you find yourself in that situation, um, it's time for a conversation, especially if overall the relationship is mostly okay something needs to be talked about there's something going on there and it needs to be dealt with so it doesn't fester and then build resentment and then explode into something completely awful so (laughs) yeah 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 i think that's all i got i mean we could we could do this all day because there's so many assumptions and the assumptions go along with the episode we did ages ago about not ages Mm. If time has no meaning in 2020, <laughs> a previous episode we did about myths because the assumptions yes. tend to be myths. Mm-hmm. They tend to be false beliefs we have based on the limited information we had until we we learn differently. Right. Um, I, I've said this many, many times in past episodes. I will say it again because mm-hmm. I feel like it is appropriate to this topic. I genuinely get a chuckle when some rando slides into my DMs comments on a video, comments on a blog post, tweets at me, like whatever way they've decided to like show up and announce their presence. I get a legit chuckle when somebody says, you can't possibly be this submissive in this relationship. It's usually after a video. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did once have somebody make the comment, not because I was talking as much as I do, because of my physical size and that I, in that particular video, I was like, I think our shoulders, my shoulder was a little ahead of yours Mm -hmm. and that you were not like drastically bigger than me. And see, that's people making assumptions. I know. And those, though I'm like, I cackle, like I cackle. (laughs) They are hilarious to me because Thankfully, they don't hit me in all my imposter syndrome feels. I got those, y'all. Um, they hit me in that place of, you don't, you clearly don't know fucking shit. Because you don't know fucking shit about me. And I can handle that. I don't like mm-hmm. it. Of course, this is not an invitation for the haters. But, <laughs> you know, when somebody puts their assumptions on me at this point in our relationship and in my life as a kingster, mm-hmm. I am so comfortable with who I am and who we are that 
it's funny to me because it, it's laughable. It's not funny because it's humorous. It's laughable because I recognize what they're doing. So if you've not gotten to that point yet in your experience as a kingster and your power exchange relationship, keep going. I, I think you can get there. I think you can find that place of comfort with who you are and what you're doing. Um, we've sped our comfort level up because we talk about it for a living. <laughs> like seven days a week, I'm living it. Um, but I think that if we get there, then when we read assumption an assumption like that about directed at us or not even directed at us but out there in the world we'll roll our eyes more than we'll get worried or offended or i mean i get yeah. a lot of people who are like i i believe this somebody said they believe this to be true but that's not me and does that mean i'm doing ds wrong and i'm like whoa, whoa no 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 um so that if you know for those of us who can find that peace and calm and comfort in mm -hmm. who we are the assumptions roll off your back more and you notice them more yeah. you notice them much more readily and easily because you know that that even if it's true for you you know it's not true for everybody so yeah mm -hmm. but this is one of those episodes i think we'll get the hate comments if i talk mm. too much and how can i possibly be submissive and <laughs> Okay. We're going to stop now. We are yes, going to have a bonus section. Don't to, worry. Uh, <laughs> we are going to have a bonus section. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, that, that's all I got. All right. So, are we good, girl? I don't know. We'll mm -hmm. pretend to be. All right. Keep, Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. We think. <laughs> you what y'all can't see is he was squeezing my leg when I wanted to ask. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. <laughs> Please talk to the crickets. Yes, you may. Thank you. Yeah, he's squeezing my leg, and every time I would inhale to try and say something, he'd squeeze harder. <laughs> what the hell, man? Okay, so in check. Yeah, I know. Okay, so we are gonna do an emoji of the week. The problem is I don't know what the, this emoji is called. I believe, I believe it is technically a cricket emoji, but it's not the bug, it's the sport. And how did this come to my attention? In our Patreon Discord. Um, yes, so it's a paddle and a ball. If you type in the word cricket, uh, if you're, <laughs> phone or whatever does the auto thing and pops up an emoji it is technically cricket the sport mm -hmm. so it's a paddle and a ball but we want the paddle so that's <laughs> gonna be our <laughs> emoji uh i told somebody in our patreon discord that we would that we would make that the emoji of the week when we came back because of the paddle only because of the paddle um so if you have that uh, emoji in whatever system you're using uh tweet it at us email it to us dm it to us i've been for shit at dms and every place but patreon lately sorry y'all um i just sent it to jb when what i meant to do was delete it oops i texted you in the middle of the Aww. episode you're welcome um <laughs> but yeah we're gonna do that for because paddles because paddles are fucking amazing mm -hmm. we love paddles um <laughs> Okay, so do you want me to briefly, quickly talk about uh, 
just give a quick mention of where we were last week. Very yeah. Briefly. Okay, yeah. I'm going to keep go this ahead. very brief. We did go into a yeah. little bit of detail at Reader, the Reader's Digest version. At the um, YouTube Hangout on Friday night. Essentially, we did not have a podcast episode or a live stream episode or a video for this Monday and probably not a video for next Monday at this point, if I'm being honest. Um, JB had two deaths in essentially extended family. One was yeah. a longtime friend who mm. passed suddenly over the weekend. Yeah. And then the other was extended family, uh, a very young person who had been sick his entire life and finally succumbed to the disease yeah right so you can see how that would rock a person and we're mm -hmm. in a pandemic so it's not like anybody's going up to anybody's house with a casserole and crying together um so we just sort of let you be for yeah. the week week and a half um yeah it sucked as you would imagine mm -hmm. it would um we're mostly back i do think that um for anybody who subscribes to us on youtube um, normally we have a Monday video. I don't think we're gonna have a Monday video next week either. It's, I just don't see it happening. But we're here for this because this, I think you you found uh, when we did the Friday night hangout that Friday it, after thing. It, it helped. Yeah, yeah being around the, our community was mm -hmm. very, very good for us. Yeah. Now that we are in the bonus section, I will apologize to podcast listeners for this. Can we turn the fans back on? I know there will be a hum. Podcast yeah. listeners, I apologize. Um, I'm sweating. My, I don't have balls. I'm sweating over here is what I'm saying. I was about to say <laughs> that I was sweating my balls off. I don't have balls. So we are back. I do not. Okay. I do not. I sit like I do. <laughs> uh, I was uh, raised at a time and a place and by people who wanted me to be, let's put air quotes around this word, ladylike. And mm. I was like, actually, it's much more comfortable if I sit with my knees like five feet apart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, we're in a, it's, I didn't wear a lot of dresses as a kid as a result. So we are basically yeah. back. Um, mm -hmm. I think for different reasons. I, I think I'm finally at the point where maybe the pandemic is really getting to me too. Um, we're both just sort of quiet in general though, because yeah. pandemic fatigue I think is a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what else have you got for bonus section stuff? Um. Not much. I, I, I have been slowly, and, and I use that term slow, slowly, um, getting the garage a little bit more organized mm -hmm. or even prepared to be organized. Yes, you've been, you've been buying little things and putting little things in little containers. Yeah, and, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see something more permanent done with that space now mm -hmm. and and really get that going and I've I've kind of been making plans in my mind of how I would like it to kind of sort of go mm -hmm. you know as for what what's to be done and kind of slowly maneuvering to put that into its place that makes any sense it does the the garage can, i think i think anybody with a garage or who's ever had a garage knows that if you're not careful your garage can become total chaos in about 30 seconds and we do not have the total chaos garage but we came close yeah it it, it came close and i think and that takes, bothered even me yeah and <laughs> i think it takes planning like a certain amount of effort to 
pull back the chaos and make it like I see people down our even down our street. Like you'll drive down the street when oh the garage. Okay, so we see two people. I was thinking of the good side. So we'll be driving through our neighborhood or down the street, and you'll see some of these garages where. They just finally went, fuck it. Chaos reigns. It's fine. We'll burn it when I die. It's fine. But then I see the people, and these are the people I'm jealous of. Like, their garage is laid out in this beautiful, organized way where there's a spot for everything. And I just, like, I don't, I don't have, like, house envy. I don't have car envy. (laughs) I have organized garage envy. And so, but... To, to make sense of the chaos, I think you have to have a plan. I think you have yeah. to map it out. And so, yeah. but we had talked about once the weather cooled off a little bit, a little Tackling bit, that. we would yeah. tackle it. It'd be like yeah. a weekend mm-hmm. task job thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And uh, somebody asked in the chat about my tool. Um, funny that that should be asked. Just today I was thinking, you know, I have not heard anything. And it was a month ago to the day that it should have shipped. Mm -hmm. And uh, oddly, just before um, we went live and started recording, I got an email. Do we have good news or any news? Um, It is some news because I was actually going to call them after we finished recording. Sure, yeah. Yes, I got news. Um, it's still on back order. Tentative. Tentative shipping date at this point. Oh. October 1st. Oh! Well, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. October 1st. Yeah. October 1st. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least it's an update. I know. Mm, I and know. I don't, you know, there was a time pre-pandemics where I would go, time time flies if you're just busy. And now time has no meaning. Yeah. So, like, one week can take a year and one month can take 30 minutes. And so mm-hmm. I can't I can't even give you my optimist self yeah. that tells you, yeah. nah, no. So, yeah, yeah, Pascal, October. Um, apparently what happened at the time of the sale, which was the weekend of July 4th, um, the the sale went through all the distributors for the company and everybody wanted one and and because of of the price Mm -hmm. apparently it was um you know (laughs) they've got to make more is that what so (laughs) you know and and then and then you figure in um pandemic yeah for sure so yeah everything is is pushed back even further so it'll be at least october before that so i i don't see me um doing some of the things i wanted to have done prior to the holidays at that point yeah um you know there there is another piece of equipment 
um, I'm looking to buy, and if you noticed, I haven't jumped the gun on that. You haven't. You keep talking about keep wanting talking to buy about it, it, but you don't buy um, it. I think what I'm going to do is actually call the company first and find <laughs> out what, what, what's going on with their shipping before I do anything. Make sure they actually have Make it. Make sure they actually have it and, and, and can send it out. I don't, I don't know why <laughs> you would do something like that. It makes no sense to me. I can't yes, imagine. Yes. Yep. So, um yeah, I, I mean, I'm I, again. I, I just got um, a, another confirmation on the the items I bought at the beginning of June. Oh yeah, that's right. And um, you know, because um, that's still on back order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. Someone just said be canceling and looking for another vendor. Um, it, it's not quite that easy with with some of these tools. They're they're very specified tools, and um, you know there there are there is another vendor. Um, their track record is not good. Yeah. <laughs> not good at all, and I mean yeah I I could have. Um, You know, I, I could have gotten that for the price I got this piece on sale price, mm -hmm. but... Right, then you have to deal with... You've got the item, but then you have to deal with the crap from it not being a good product right. or customer service right. not being good, yeah. No, I think it's just... It's one of those times we have to practice the dreaded P word. Yeah. And it means, yeah, maybe you won't be able to do some things for the holidays that you had hoped for, but mm -hmm. it means you might be able to start 2021 out with a bang. Right. right so right. my my and, uh, constant optimist can find a silver yeah. line and give me a second. And I mean, you know, to a certain extent, I, I know I'm not the only person in this boat. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of companies are going, going through this mm -hmm. right now. Yep. So, you know... And, uh, yeah, it's it, the it, nature it's, of it's, it. It's, it's it's just crazy times right now. Yep. You know, and and certain things, you know, somebody mentioned in in the chat about you know across the board supply chain, and and that's why too certain things when I see them available, mm -hmm. I I do snatch them up. Yep. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a hurry up and wait. I mean the. The, the tool that I'm waiting for, um, do I like waiting till October at this point? No. Um, is it a tool that I know in the long run will be well worth the wait? Yes. Right. I mean, I can't believe I'm the patient one here. I think it's because it's not my fucking tool and it's not my shipment and it's easy when it's not you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that is the thing. You will get it. Yeah. Eventually. Mm-hmm. It will, it means you have to shift plans, move plans around. Give me a moment. I'll find a silver lining and it'll, yeah. we're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. It's just frustrating. Right. It's just frustrating. Right. Uh, I got nothing. I'm in a mood right now, mm -hmm. but I've also had been reminded that I have not had. So when I use the term vacation, I don't mean go somewhere on a vacation. I use that in the term that um, I think most Americans do to mean I'm not going to work for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had one of those in, I think, 
a year and a half. And I'm feeling it mm-hmm, <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just cranky and tired. Yeah. And also, <laughs> the kids start school on Monday, and I think that's stressing me out. Even though I feel like I made the best, the best bad decision. Because the options we were given were all bad. The best Mm -hmm, bad decision. mm -hmm. Um, I did get to talk to the 10-year-old's fifth grade teacher yesterday. She sounds delightful. Um, uh, I was able to have that moment of, I know we're in a pandemic, but I'm very glad to be sending my children to school on Monday. And as a parent, she went, I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, good, because I, 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 I feel guilty about that. I, I think it is um, an exercise in trust. We mm-hmm. have educated them both as much as we can in what is going on mm-hmm. with, with this, and, and we have to trust them that they are going to do the right thing. Um, after hearing what the elementary school is is putting in place, they are doing their utmost. They're doing the best with they're, what they they're, can. They're with doing what they the got. best that they can with what they've got, mm-hmm. which um, to me shows they are are trying. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, on a high school level, I know it's going to be tougher because you have masses of kids. You know, um, it, it's easier to distance kids. I think in a, a an elementary school mm. than, than it is a high school, but even the high school is trying to do the best they can under the circumstances. And, um, you know, we, we have to place a certain amount of trust and, and hope for the best. Because we're in a fortunate position that we can. Yes. Let, let us yeah. be very clear True. there. True. I would not fault a parent for making the exact opposite decision of what we've made. Like I said, we were given two bad options and I went with what is the least bad based on multiple parameters. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, even the high school's putting out daily information of what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I know that it's a plan on paper. So once it hits reality and all those teenagers, (laughs) (laughs) it will not look like what their plan is on Mm -hmm. paper. Mm -hmm. Um, But so it's, I I think that's, I'm, I'm a little amped up as well because It's a stressful, fraught situation. And at the same time, I'm like, please go back to school. Please go back to school on Monday. Can can you stay longer than seven hours? (laughs) And I feel really bad about that. I'm not, normally I would be very gleeful. Like I think most parents would be like, yes, school has started. And the rest of us are like, I don't think many of us are having that kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm in a, I'm, mm. yeah, you're in a, a, oh, I'm very twitchy. You're you're in flux. I'm very twitchy right now. Um, I am, for those who have kept up with what we will call the uh, Kayla Goes Grandma Chronicles, (laughs) um, I am still deep diving into the world of quilting. Uh, we're, I'm setting up a, like a, a savings thing so that, uh, by the end of this year, early January, I should be able to buy the things I want to start quilting. Um, so that is exciting and fun. I have started cross stitching again. We put my whole station up for that. Yes. And I got like a thousand yes. stitches done over the course of like 
a weekend or so. Um, if you don't cross stitch, you don't know what the fuck that means. And it's okay if you don't. And if your eyes are glazing over, because I said quilting and stitching, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm still lusting after fabric on Etsy. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just me right now, which is not at all fun or exciting or interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, mm, but yeah, I mean, we'll, 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 you know, play it by ear and see what happens and. You know, hopefully I mean, even, if things go awry, the school system does the, the well, right even, thing. Well, even the fifth grade teacher I talked to yesterday was like, we are going to be flexible. We have to be flexible all this. So if thing, you know, school could shut down, it could happen. And quite frankly, that gives me the most hope because it's like, okay, if you're going to look at the data and make a data-driven decision, mm -hmm. then I feel better than if you're making decisions that are more political in nature. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. What I really need is a nap and a Diet Coke. Mm. Probably in that order. Can I get a Diet Coke, a nap, and then another Diet Coke? That would be great. No, baby girl. I also need a vacation. Well, <laughs> yeah. Again, the American version of a vacation that just means I don't go to work for 10 days. That's all that means. <laughs> or nine days or whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I believe my, my Brit friends call it a holiday, but they usually go somewhere. Mm -hmm. no, no, we're not doing that. Um, well, outside of pandemics, they go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's all I got. That's all I got. The I will say once mm. again for podcast listeners, if you ever have the opportunity to come just for even 10 minutes to pop into a live stream. Um, the live stream chat is the place. They're having conversations. Like, we... We don't even have, we could be talking about anything. I'm happy to share a recipe or something. And they're having really good conversations about the topic. So yeah. if you ever get the opportunity. Um, but I am noticing that some people are joining us uh, through the podcast world. Yeah. And that is exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is very exciting. Mm -hmm. We are mm -hmm. now on, get this, this is so hilarious. We're on iHeartRadio. I know. I, I don't, know. I keep forgetting to like mention it because... Uh, okay. I was real excited when we got on Spotify. Right. That was exciting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, mm -hmm. okay. So, I could keep talking mostly because mm -hmm. I'm procrastinating because I don't want to go do the things I have to do. I know. I know. But we're going to yeah. stop because yeah. I think people have already tuned us out anyway. So, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. <laughs> um, we will uh, do our Friday night youtube live stream hangout mm -hmm. um they apparently are getting later and later yeah was, yeah uh, what twelve thirty last week yeah they were it was we, we need to do kind of temper that a little bit because i'm i have to be up at oh dark 30 to take care of our elderly dog oh yeah i was like i thought you were gonna say you had to be someplace on saturday and i was like no, no you don't no uh -huh. Mm -mm. Um, so yeah, um, but if you don't connect with us there, then podcast to be out next week mm -hmm. and more live streams and more and more and more and yeah. more. We're here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess we have to stop talking now. Huh? Yeah, time to say we, we, we should probably say goodbye. Uh, I suck at this. Okay, all right. We love you guys. Uh, we will talk to you, see you, engage mm -hmm. with you in whatever way later. Thanks for joining mm -hmm. us. Bye. Bye.